What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 33 of the Stick to Football podcast. This is Matt Miller, live from New York in our studio, joined, as always, by my buddy, Connor Rogers. And we have a special guest on the Friday no, show. You no, you don't. On the Friday show, we got a tweet, a draft on draft question, and people were like, where the fuck is Steven Nelson? Like, well, wow, we we're that. bringing him back. We I found swear. him and woke him up. Yeah. It definitely wasn't. See, the last time I, I was on, what was it? Episode two, two? or three. Draft somebody, somebody responded and said, that guy was like warm milk or a wet blanket or something. I was like, <laughs> warm milk. It made me question my existence as a human. You're so relaxing for us, though. Well, you're, you're a good balance between us because we get a little chippy. And a little bitchy once in a while, so you're <laughs> yeah. good. So you need you're some good basic to balance it out. <laughs> so here's what, I'm what we're going to do today. We have Nelson, and he is a Pac-12 expert. So we are going to get by to expert. Some... You mean Homer? Yes. Yeah. Yes, we're going to get. I'm a Texas expert. It's cool. <laughs> I get it. So we're gonna we're gonna talk some Pac-12. Uh, we're gonna go around the league to start things off. We do have a, a guest interview today. We had Marcus May in studio last hey. week, and Connor and I were able to interview him. So we have that for you. We're gonna give you your college player to know for the weekend. And then Kennedy will join us in the last you know, 20 minutes to close things out with draft on draft. But let's start this out with the uh, the dick grab heard around the world. <laughs> I Baker love that Mayfield. that's what was in the rundown. I don't pull punches. <laughs> Baker's dick grab. That, yeah. was, <laughs> that was the leading so note. Here's, here's what I think about it. Those Kansas players, this is what you get. It, he walked out and tried to shake hands before the coin flip. The Kansas captains, nah. They ignored him. With two little kids standing there who were like the guest captains, and they're like, Fuck you, Baker. And yeah. he's like, oh, okay. I tweeted before the game, don't do that shit. Don't, you don't piss off the like, swaggest guy in college football. I have a bigger problem with the late hit at the head than yeah. the handshake. Well, I was just starting with the Exactly. Handshake. The handshake is like the wrestling aspect of it that started it all off. But when you take a shot at a guy's head that late after the throw, and then he talks shit to you after he drops three touchdowns on you and they win 41-3. to three, Right. Sucks to suck. Like, play better. Stop him if you don't like it. Okay, I... I don't hate it, any of it. I understand where Kansas was coming. I get what they were trying to do. But oh, yeah, but it's that's not going to work. That's the bed you made, so you got to <laughs> sleep in it. And from Baker's standpoint, I'm team let these guys be humans and embrace them for who they are yeah. as people. I'm going to embrace Baker Mayfield for the experience. He's a ton of fun. I know that the NFL is probably going to hate him. The same people who dislike Josh Rosen are probably going to dislike Baker Mayfield just because yeah. – they are who they are, and they're not the cookie cutter robots that the they'll NFL take Luke, wants. They'll take Luke Falk though, and then oh. get fired. It's the same people. Yeah. Luke Falk, tough as nails. Yeah, yeah. tough as nails. Lo- love him. He's a coach Smart. on the field. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't rock the boat. Well, let's talk about it from leader. a draft perspective. I tweeted this over the weekend, and this is my my firm belief: there will be some general managers and scouts who hate this, and we've already seen some ex scouts on Twitter saying they hate it. But there are also going to be some people who love this. And I, I do think it will trend toward the younger generation of scouts and executives who will say, hey, it's just he's a 21, 22-year-old kid, just let him live. He got wrapped up in the moment. Who cares? But there will definitely be the people who hate it. So everyone wants this definitive comment on what this does to his draft stock, and I don't think we can give one because there's not just a – you can't just put a blanket over it all and say, that, oh, my God. It's not like – you know, him getting arrested and tackled by the cop, okay, that probably hurt his draft stock. Mm. This, I don't I don't think does. Let me ask Connor this, right? You're New York Jets. You're running the show. You ain't scared off of the crotch grab? No, I would take I would take him in the top 15. <laughs> yeah. I don't even care. Yeah. His stock went yeah. up for Connor. Yeah, I probably loved it. Did. Do you want a guy that's going to roll over and get shook by the handshake thing in the late hit, or do you want a guy that's going to drop three touchdowns, kick your ass, and then say, fuck you? Yeah, I and want that guy. There are people who will want him to handle it. Like, do you remember Teddy got hit? 
late by Jared Davis. Got hit under the chin and just busted him up. And Teddy just got up, dusted himself off, and beat Florida when he was at Louisville. That's well, John some Bostic, people want. Right? Oh, well, yeah, it was yeah. John Bostic. Yeah, mm-hmm. some people do want that as opposed to. But I saw people like Tom Brady would never do this. Tom Brady drops more f bombs on the field on Sunday than I do on this podcast. But again, this is another example. Perception yep. is reality. Yeah, that's what everyone is saying right now. Baker's another Johnny, and that was one thing I did want to talk about. He is not because everything we heard about Johnny off the field was drug abuse, alcohol abuse, late to practices, doesn't take anything seriously. But when the lights came on on Saturday, he was this fantastic player. Everything I've heard about Baker is that he's a respectful kid. He's a very good leader in that locker room. Have you been around him at Elite 11 stuff? Uh, no, I have not, actually. So you, you don't have any insight there? I, I oh, do not have any insight on that. No. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, I like people who have fun and make it yeah. a fun experience for the people who are watching. You know, you could be hardcore football fans like ourselves, or you could be a casual fan with the TV on in the background. You look up and you know you see this guy you know, dancing, um, dancing in the uh, with his team um, at, at leading up to a game, right? Or in a locker room, or getting guys jacked up on a sideline, or having fun like this. You know, talking shit to the other sideline. I'm a Texas fan, and I love the kid. See, so that. That should tell you a lot. And speaking of that, we have to talk about Connor Williams being back. Look good. Because he looked really good this weekend. Unless you're talking about his dancing on the sideline. Yeah, that well, was shot yeah, that's, was subpar, especially compared to Baker. That's being But did you really see the kind. hip flexion when he was dancing? <laughs> Knee looked fine. Knee looked good, yeah. So he, did, he came back, and I loved it on the first play. He just took that West Virginia defender and just, like, dick in the dirt right away. Yeah, just, he finished his block. And, and you know. kind of, like, set the stage. And... Um, I, I think that there there have been a lot of opinions out there that he is not good because he struggled against Maryland in the opener, and then he got hurt. I, I think that, and I bitch about this every week, I think that we live in this week-to-week analysis society instead of stepping back and looking at the big picture. This is a guy who's had one bad game in the three years that he's played football. I still think he's the best left tackle in college. I still think he should be the, the first left tackle of the board in the draft. And hopefully, now they're bowl eligible, thank God, first time in three, four years. We're going to get to see him a month out from this injury in a bowl game, and we'll get to better evaluate where he's at. Can I ask you guys something? As you guys are true draft aficionados, right? And I feel like people can see what they want to see in any guy's tape. Without a doubt. And... I, there's just something I notice from the outside looking in where it's like, all right, I, I didn't, you know, I was, a, for example, Deshaun Watson. You know, I was a big Deshaun Watson fan. I know other people were high on Mitch Trubisky. I didn't like Mitch, and I felt like watching him, I was like, I'm watching him through the lens of, I don't really like this kid. It just doesn't, just doesn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. So everything that I was seeing was almost... It, it, it was it, he could do nothing to help himself in my eyes because I was such a big Deshaun Until he Watson was drafted fan. By the Bears. And so yeah, I just feel like if anybody, if you don't want to like Connor Williams, right. you're going to hang on to that Maryland tape for dear life. If you do like Connor Williams, you're going to maintain perspective. And I feel like that's what it should be with everybody. Uh, but it's, I get it that it's hard sometimes. Yeah, you might go back to what the Cal game last year when he was just yeah. you know Dominant. putting dudes on their back. So. Yeah. We've seen the best and the worst of Connor Williams, and I think what people are forgetting is that he's still a young player, and he's still technically a project at the position, but when you look at his athleticism and where he can get to, 
I mean, you're talking about a guy that can be a franchise left tackle. I think so. I really he, do. He's going to test well, especially if he's healthy. That's the most yeah. important thing. He has to get healthy. But he's a way better athlete than what I've seen than Mike McGlinchey, who might be the most polished tackle in this yeah. class, but there's a very low ceiling with him. McGlinchey, to me, is is Jack Conklin all over again. And it's like, that's not a bad thing. No. Still a good player. But you're but not getting you're a, a little more limited. A top five potential, all potential, but yeah. still. You watch a, a lot more Notre Dame than I do, Connor. Is McGlinchey, it seems like whenever McGlinchey's up against somebody who's got any sort of speed, that's an issue. Turn on the Georgia game. Lorenzo Carter and Davin Bellamy were just too much for him. Miami game was the same way. Same yeah. way. Those guys get off the snap really fast, and he does not. Now, uh, can he handle power? Of course he can. Can he anchor? Yes. But we're talking about a guy that could bend off the edge and use his hands a lot quicker than what he's used to. He can't hang with it. Yep. And those Georgia guys are good. That's not to take away from McGlinchey. It's more to say that Lorenzo Carter, a top 50 player. Bellamy, we don't really know where he's going to stack up just yet. But those are really explosive players, and that's what McGlinchey's going to struggle with. And guess what? Edge rushers in the NFL, they're explosive. Yeah. That's why I think right tackle, because you can help with a tight end. Exactly. A lot easier on the right side than the left. Uh, so the big game this weekend that we haven't talked about yet was Rosen versus Darnold. Mm. And I, I always hate that we do that, but that's yeah. how we do it. Each other. So Darnold's USC Trojans won. Rosen's UCLA team lost, and his coach got fired. Thank God it's about time. Yeah. But the, the I, I told Connor this. I turned Twitter off to watch this game, and I put my phone down, and I just watched the game. I didn't want to live in the moment of, Twitter breaking down every throw and making that that throw like hinge on everything this this prospect is about. So I walked out of the game thinking that Rosen is the better passer and Darnold is the better quarterback. Interesting. I took it as we saw what each guy what makes each guy so highly touted. Rosen, yeah. strictly from the pocket when he has time, best ball placement in the country. I mean yeah, his, when, it, when it's clean his and it's on schedule. throwing yeah. motion and where he can – the throws he can make. I mean, there's not really a throw he can't make is the point. With Sam, I think Kirk Herbstreit actually made an excellent point in the broadcast when he said, Sam looks at his first read, and if it's not there, he looks to get on the move and make a play. You can't do that on a play-by-play basis at the next level, and he's going to have to grow out of that. Yep. But it's still a special ability. We see it with Wentz sometimes now. The ability That's to the get that outside of the pocket and make a play is what makes a guy go from average to potentially special. Yeah, and I think with Darnold, there's some trust issues with the the offensive line being banged up. He lost his, what, top three receivers last year. I mean, Juju's gone. Darius Rodgers. Darius Rodgers. They use the Dory a lot for screens yeah. with him. Yeah. So you lose those guys. I, I do think they're still— and. I, you could say that about Lamar Jackson. You could say it about Josh Allen. You know, you, Josh Rosen doesn't have a great supporting. He cast lost there. his tight end. That was his favorite so, target. I mean, you can you can point that finger at a lot of people, but I I see that as an issue with Darnold. Like I, it's when you watch 2016 versus 2017, he's making a lot of the same throws, mm. making a lot of the same reads, yeah. just getting picked off this year. Yeah, I've I've had issues with the USC coaching staff this year and how they just they you mean operate. the three plays they run? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I was banging the table in the preseason. I said, I know you have Sam. I know everybody loves Sam, but this is Ronald Jones' team. Feed oh my God, Ronald yeah. Jones. Feed him. Feed him. Feed him. And for whatever reason, they just don't. And on one hand, I think that's a negative for USC. Positive spin for the draft. That's great for Ronald Jones because he has less uh, wear and tear on his body. Um, but they put a lot of, on Sam, and it, it just gets to the point where it's like, okay, uh, Sam, so we have this game. We 
kind of need you to win it right now for us. Like the Texas game. Yeah, Every, perfect over example. Over and over and over, Sam win us a game, and more often than not, he's uh, risen to the challenge and delivered. But I just think it's a, it's. They Here's put my too much hot take on this: Sam's 2017 is Deshaun's 2016. Deshaun Watson threw 17 picks last year. And everyone shit he was on turning him. the ball over. So, he turned yeah. the ball over. He was trying to. He was trying to win every game by himself, mm. even with a better supporting cast than Sam has. I think Sam is just trying to do way too much. Yep. Now we don't know if he's going to come out, and I would. I have felt like we've done a great job of not saying he should or shouldn't come out. That's his decision, yeah, and we'll evaluate him when it's when it's time. Rosen, on the other hand, you you said it, and I told you yesterday. He reminds me of Jared Goff, like just how he looks throwing the ball, his body. It's, he's, I don't think he's as agile as golf. He's not as good on the move. He has a chance to be the first pick in the draft. I'm incredibly curious, now that Jim Mora has been fired, what is going to come out between now and April. I think a lot. Because I've been told that relationship was awful. It was very strained. And Rosen has taken a lot of the blame publicly and behind closed doors. People just say, he's, oh, he's hard to coach. He's hard to work with. He thinks he's smarter than his coaches. I maintain that he is smarter than his coach. But I also think that Mora is the he's the head coach. He's the adult in this situation. I, I think he shares in a lot of the the problems that at least that I've heard about. Now, Nelson, these are guys you have been around. Like mm-hmm. you spent a lot of time with yeah. Rosen. Like, and you speak very highly of his character. Whereas the national media perspective is that it's a you know potential problem. Yeah, I, I came away extremely impressed with Josh. Uh, you know, extended conversations with him. I I like him. Uh, you know what I mean? Because, uh, like, I, like I said, I am all for just letting these guys be themselves, and I'm, I'm not going to ask you to try and be a robot. No, if that's not that's you. No fun. Live, live your life. There are things that Josh wants to accomplish beyond football, and he will speak honestly about that. He will tell you that football is probably a means is a means to an end, and if you don't view it as such, you're doing it wrong because this game is going to use you, abuse you, and spit you out. So if you can't use the platform that it gives to accomplish other things in life, then you're not going to really get the full experience that you should out of football. Do you know so what those things his, are that he wants to accomplish? Like, oh, does he want to run for president? He wants he to wanna... own his own company. He wants to be a CEO. I, I mean, he was saying this past summer he wanted to come here to New York City not to see the bright lights, go to MetLife Stadium and see what it would be like to be around that place, go to Times Square. No, he was coming here to meet with Wall Street executives and pick their brain. Yeah, That's the kind of guy he is. Again, he will not be the cookie-cutter, talk-a-lot-but-say-nothing quarterback that most old, archaic-thinking NFL franchises are going to demand. They want more Matt Ryans, Andrew yeah. Luck, warm-milk quarterbacks, and that is not Josh Rosen. He's Rose. more like an NBA quarterback. Yes, and... and Yes, and he has um, his own ideas about how to change the game, how to fix the college game, p- paying players and, and 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 the like. And it sort of makes you step back as someone who you know we're adults compared to he's still a kid. Yeah, and you're like, holy shit! Yeah, all right. Isn't that it makes, weird that, that we shit on guys who have interest outside of football, and yet Steve Young got his law degree while taking the Forty ers to a Super Bowl? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Isn't that crazy? But you know how many people would actually know that, what you just said? Well, I'm here to educate our There you are. Yeah, so, of course you Who are, are probably 13 years old. Like, <laughs> Steve Which Young. is okay. Yeah. I, the thing with Josh, um, I, I people are going to make a mountain out of 
uh, molehills with him, whether it's the the hot tub tweet, uh, the Which Trump the Trump hat. Yeah. <laughs> great, great, Jack, Jack. You know, and I, you're missing me with all of that. I've Connor. I, I mean, we've <laughs> we've been trumpeting Rose and QB one for and Michael Felder as well, our, our guy for for years and years and. Uh, I'm excited for him uh, with the next step is bringing. You mentioned the the pocket. I just do want to point out there have been instances throughout his career where that I mean, he's playing behind that UCL offensive line. Not good. That pocket is rarely clean, right? Connor McDermott then, got him killed. It, I, yeah, I, yes. he's making plays with uh, Vita Vea a couple weeks ago, that monster charging at your face, delivering a dime and a receiver not making a play yeah. again. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, I just think he's – He's everything that I want in a, in a quarterback. There you go. Yeah. So he's your QB1. Yes, and he has been for a long, long time. I feel like I should tell people, because I tweeted very ominously Sunday night, that I know my QB1 for next year. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to say it on the show, or are you going to hide it? No, I think I'm, I'm prepared to say it. I'm oh. a little nervous, but if, I think our loyal listeners deserve to know. Yeah. Well, let's your have podcast. at it. Justin Herbert. The, look at the smile on his face. I know. <laughs> and that's, this is a perfect time to announce it because yeah. he's sitting beside I have me. one question. Yeah. Do you agree with the Mariota comps for him? He's a little bigger. So, all right. So, I uh, used to work in Eugene, Oregon, which is where the University of Oregon is. That's where Justin Herbert is from. Uh, covered the Herbert family um, when they were at Sheldon High School. His brother Mitchell is a wide receiver at Montana State. And I remember talking to a former Pac-12 quarterback, uh, who's from the region, let's say. I don't know if he wants us out there, so that's why I'm going to try and protect him there. Um, he said, going into Justin's true freshman year, he said, Justin Herbert is a future star NFL quarterback. And I'm like, really? That's, oh, that's awesome. Like, I, Good for a Sheldon kid, local product. He's like, yeah. no, 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 no. Listen to me. I'm telling you that he's special. The only thing that concerns me is between the ears and I so asked him to explain and he said he has every physical ability that Marcus had and then some he's a little bit bigger um he might have a, a stronger arm probably so yeah um but I need to see the mental development he takes he's very hard on himself and we saw that his first year crying after the Cal game um where he lost I've I've heard stories with Justin Herbert uh, breaking down in practice and getting emotional there. And so I was really curious this year coming into year two. I was like, is Justin Herbert going to show those um, that, that growth off the field yeah, between the years as a leadership? And yeah. he had, he bulked up, put on a ton of weight. And, you know, they joked in the preseason about him walking around with his shirt on now. He's more confident. Like, who is this kid? And he's developing into a leader. And again, he's a sophomore. So, you know, it takes time. It takes time. Yeah. Throw yeah. a lot at him. These are 18, 19 year old kids. Yeah. But Justin Herbert, uh, which that's all good to know because I think that makes him bouncing back from an injury that cost him time interesting. That's something we can evaluate and say, okay, how does he handle this adversity yeah. of bouncing back? But in his early, like, I mean, I don't even know for sure who my QB one for 2018 is, but I love watching this kid play. No, I mean, of course, things are going to change. I mean, remember we were? It seems like this time last year it was Derwin being a you know yeah, a number, yeah. the number one pick or a top three pick, and you know Derwin's still going to go first round, no doubt. But he's not up there. Things are going to yeah. And we thought Eason from Georgia would be in this conversation. Obviously, yeah, you know, injuries and some change luck has changed things, but. I want to get back to Rosen versus Darnold real quick because I think for Browns fans, this game was really important. We've heard the rumors of Peyton Manning coming into Cleveland. 
And I think people's initial reaction is, can Peyton Manning find talent? Yeah. And obviously, Rosen, the reason I say this is because Rosen and Darnold are probably the two favorites to go number one overall. And Cleveland is the favorite to pick yeah, number one so. overall. This Peyton Manning, you had a different take, Matt, on the Peyton Manning situation where he's not just coming in to be an Elway-like savior. He's coming in to bring credibility to yeah, Cleveland. to change the culture and, because they yeah, can't get free agents. Exactly. So what could a hire like Peyton Manning do to turn around the Browns? Well, he's probably been around them both at the Manning Passing Academy. So he probably has a little more knowledge of these guys off the field. He's probably worked with them for a couple of years now. But that was my thing is that Manning does bring credibility. Where And Elway did too. When Elway got to, to Denver, he signed Peyton Manning, and then he signed all these other free agents. Like he got Emmanuel Sanders, you know, and they just started. They built a team. They bought a team almost. I, I think Manning could kind of do the same thing in Cleveland where I've had agents tell me before, and I, I guess I can actually say who now because he's not in the NFL anymore. Justin Blackman's agent told me before that draft, I do not want him to go to Cleveland. Like, we don't want him there. It's not a good fit for him. That's not the first player no. we've heard this about. So, but if Peyton Manning is there, even if he's not, like, he's not going to be a, a, a scout. You know, he's going to be a, a, a CEO. He's going to try to, you know, reorganize things and be the person who's accountable and change the culture so that Jimmy Haslam is not your day-to-day guy. I, I think that makes it a lot more uh, it, attractive as a landing spot for players. And I've said before, I said on radio in Cleveland last week, I think Rosen has the attitude to go to Cleveland and be their Troy Aikman. When Troy Aikman got to Dallas, they were an awful, shitty team, and he turned it around there. I I think Rosen has the confidence to say, I'm going to be that dude who goes to Cleveland and makes them a winner. I'm terrified for both uh, all the top quarterbacks with with Cleveland in mind because I I wish every player could go into a situation and have the same foundation that Carson Wentz, for example, had the one that yeah. Jared Goff did not have yeah. his first season, but now, thankfully, he does, and yeah. we see him thriving. Even Watson, a little bit. If, correct. I mean, Bill I, O'Brien did. I, Watson is great in his own way, but Bill O'Brien knew how to work with him rather mm-hmm. than force him into a system. And there's just so much volatility within that franchise. And listen, I'm not telling Browns fans anything that they don't. They live that every yep. single day. Um, but gosh, it just some sort of stability would make me feel a lot better about one of these top-tier, talented quarterbacks going to the next level because then I'd feel, hey, they really have a shot to succeed here. Right. Whereas if this continues, I'm more inclined to say, I mean, this shit could go bad real quick, and that sucks. Because yeah, it, it's not it the is to fault. the point where it's almost like any quarterback they draft, or any player, honestly, uh, outside of Miles Garrett, when they draft that player, you almost lower your expectations because you're like, oh, well, shit. He's not going to get developed there, and he's going to get, you know, he's never going to have a solid plan around him. So I definitely feel that. How how would you guys grade Cleveland as a beer-drinking town, you beer-drinking connoisseurs? I've never been to Cleveland. I've been once, but it was for a lacrosse trip, so So I didn't drink. Yeah. No, and I've, I mean, I get to travel a decent amount for this job. I've just, for whatever reason, never been to Cleveland. I need to make that, I need to change that up. Yeah. It's your, it's your, I, I wanted to ask because that's your brand. Get our buddy Jake. On brand, on brand. Yeah, got to stay on brand. We <laughs> yeah. need to start talking a little more beer. I think when we get to draft on draft, we'll... Uh, uh, the I, Friday show is all like beer and hygiene. You know. <laughs> I will fair. say, I do appreciate Connor throwing Pacifico out there as much as you can. Oh, that is, oh he was so right, too, because yeah. when it, 
I went first because like deserted island, and I was just thinking I was cold. It was like he brought like that Sam day. Winter to an island. <laughs> I know, and, and I was like, "What are like, you doing?" <laughs> like, what? So if you missed last week's show, we got a draft on draft question. We actually answered it on both podcasts last week because it was such a good question. It's a great question. If you're stranded on a deserted island, three beers you could have with you, and my dumbass picked Sam Adams Winter Lager. <laughs> Well, I gotta do my I gotta do my usual routine here. If <laughs> if you were stranded on a an island, our viewer, our listeners, please leave in your iTunes what three beers you would pack with you, and leave us a question because we've been going through iTunes, we've been answering all those questions. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun, so we'll continue to keep that trend rolling. Are you cool for some Pac-12 questions? Before Hell yeah! We, before yeah, we we're gonna do the Nelson Gauntlet. We are Nelson Gauntlet. Oh, okay. Yeah. But we'll, we'll do some Pac-12 first. Uh, all right, let's get on record first. I am okay with mustard on a hot dog. <sighs> I'm okay go. with it. I do ketchup oh. and mustard. I don't. So you're a ketchup guy. Yeah. See, you, if you took the Marcus May, we gotta save it for the. the gauntlet. Yeah, I won't it's give it away. Right. I won't okay. give it away oh. too much. But yeah. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm. I like the the blend of flavors. Uh, yeah, so I right. also, Connor, he put out a, uh, on his Instagram a picture of pizza he was eating last night. It was uh, great. Because he's, is, he's uh, rewarding his body for the punishment he puts it through on a daily basis. <laughs> I do right. that. But, I reward my body for the punishment <laughs> I put in my brain. <laughs> like, ah, I, I woke up, I got out of bed today. I <laughs> yeah. deserve yeah. this yeah. pizza. I deserve uh, this six-pack. And I said to him, I was like, Connor, you know that, you know what that pizza's missing? Pineapple. It's missing a little yeah, pineapple. New Jersey's key ingredient. <laughs> fuck out of here. <laughs> Listen, sweet and savory. Pepperoni oh, and pineapple, God. Connor. Learn All it, right. love it, live it. Do you want to do the gauntlet first? You seem heated up for it. I'm ready to go. I'm warmed up. See, it's normally like uh, once 1030 hits, the <laughs> the training wheels come off. And oh, I'm, hell I'm yeah. Right. Okay. I was telling Nelly, I've been up for like six hours. And and I'm I've been like, dying why? to get on this desk. Ow, I, could, yeah. I woke up at Dude, I love show days. It's my favorite day of the week. It's not even close. All right, put me through it. All right, let's do it. Uh, and you maybe teased this already. Question number one: What is your favorite beer or drink? Or drink? It could be a, a mixed drink. Um. So I try. I Connor, you guys. Well, you both know that I do not drink a ton. Period. Um. Great guest for this show. <laughs> no, seriously. But you're a Malbec guy, right? Uh, yeah. I'll, I, oh, I am enjoy, too. I enjoy Same. a good wine. <laughs> I'm a big. Pacific, <laughs> if I'm drinking beer at Pacifico, guys, I can pound some mimosas now. Whoa! Uh, hey, brunch is huge New York here, brunch right? guy. Yeah, big brunch guy here. <laughs> and and now yeah, we got a brunch uh, guy. Corey Fields is now in DC. Apparently, DC is like a brunch capital. <sighs> so I'm, let's see, like I'm looking forward to experimenting with or t- testing their mimosas. Yeah, out. we don't do a lot of brunch in Joplin. Yeah, it's like Waffle House, <laughs> <laughs> Cracker Barrel. Right, right, right. right, right. <laughs> Cracker Barrel is good. Yeah. All right, Connor, you're up. Um, meanest tweet you've ever been sent. Oh, this is still my favorite question. Yeah, man. That's just, a, I don't. Here's the thing. I don't engage the way that the man to my left, Matt Miller, does. <laughs> he I do my best to disregard. Um, I still is, read them once in a while, that's though. No fun. Yeah, yeah I mean, it might have been that post stick to football tweet, guys. The the post episode two, where I all I was tasked with doing was moderating your mock draft, <laughs> and then. I, I the they're start firing at me saying I, I'm a wet blanket. I actually want to get Fuck off topic guy. real quick. So Nelson's first. And then, month he did the, then he deleted the tweet. The coward. Wow. Yeah. That's pathetic. All right. Now I'm. Uh, Nelson's I'm first month at Bleacher Report. He was doing <laughs> fantasy football videos with Anita Marks, who now works for ESPN. <laughs> and <laughs> I know where you're going. And Nelson with always used to wear this like blue collared shirt, okay. and like it's not his shirt. Like we have a makeup room at the Bleacher Report Studios yeah. with tons of clothes. We get dressed. We had yeah. uh, Woody, our makeup girl, and, and stylist, is just yeah. a stylist. She's awesome. So 
an angry you got to realize fantasy you know viewers are very angry a lot when things are wrong or if just angry in general so a comment said like ripped apart the video <laughs> I'll, and then, I'll tell you yeah, I, dude, I, I, take I it away so yeah there was a rotation of like four shirts and I, I wore them all the time and so the video had myself and Anita but the comment also included Sims who <laughs> it <laughs> was like the video a, it was Anita Marks same shirt guy, <laughs> that being me, <laughs> and Chris never played a meaningful down in the NFL Sims, all gotta go, or something like Damn. that. Damn. Yeah, and it was so vicious. SSG, same shirt guy, became my nickname I called for him that for like a year. A hot minute, yeah. yeah. And when I when that shirt gets dusted off and I wear it nowadays, they're like, Nelson, uh, new yeah. shirt? New shirt? All the time. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, or if he just wears blue. Yeah. So like, that wasn't ah. me. That was probably the best comment I've ever it was gotten. Amazing. That was hilarious. Same shirt guy. Damn. Well, we, me and Matt had a really good uh, Facebook comment sent at us on the Bleacher Report account saying, a pretend draft in November? Yeah. <laughs> I think pretend, pretend draft. draft. I'm not yeah. calling it a mock yeah, draft really ever again. Pretend. It's going to be time to do a pretend yeah. draft. I'm All doing right. one next week. Number three. All right, question number three. What's the one game none of your friends can beat you at? It could be video or golf. real-life golf. Yeah. Golf, yeah. I, that'd probably be the, the safest answer. Yeah, which is people listening are like, man, this guy really is warm milk. <laughs> <laughs> you just need to like golf like I do. Just take some cigars. Some yeah, I, have, I don't play much anymore on the East Coast because it's a fucking Cold. chore to get yeah. anywhere in the city. It takes you an hour to go 2.1 miles because it's the most overrated city <sighs> on the planet. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> I just I, like trolling. Uh, yeah, I'm going to just uh, relax you know, here. I live but... a mile from a golf course. It takes me a you minute to walk get there. there. It, yeah. It's great having a guy that loves brunch and can't, you know, can't lose in <laughs> yeah. golf on the show. Yeah. We're really taking our fucking... Yeah. He loves a good wine. <laughs> he loves Malbec. Just can't get enough of it. <laughs> I have that douchebag jar that we people... Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm Schmidt yeah, right you, now. You I'm just, just overflowed it. Uh, number four, you're stranded on a deserted island. Who do you bring with you and you can't choose Corey? No, fiance. Fiance. lovely fiance yeah. or family member. Oh, uh, okay. You could either be strategic or you could take a crush I, with you. Well, I mean, yeah. Connor, you know me. I am very uh-huh. pragmatic, yes. strategic, cheap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will take Connor Rogers. I will take wow. you. Wow, wow. Yeah, I will. My be- feelings aren't hurt. <laughs> no, well, here's... Well, Miller. This is the first this time we the ever guy had who this wakes answer. up at five in the morning to put up hundred pound plates. Yeah, we're rolling out of bed and eating pizzas. That's true. Correct. So I want if I want if you need stuff, some muscle stuff, stuff needs to get done. If we need to build that raft, who's chopping down the tree? Oh, let's not go. me. I will survey the tree. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good tree, Connor. <laughs> get, go get it. Yeah, let's go get. It. Yeah, I I will pick you, Connor. Wow, that's, that's a, a first. Yeah. This if, is... if I listen, if we're scaling a cliff, a la Tom Hanks in Castaway. Maybe a movie that our demographic. Oh, it's recorded. one of my favorites, favorites though. Yeah. yeah. If I f- fall, I need someone who can reach back with one arm and hold, hold my weight, <laughs> throw yeah. your ass back. And, and I love you, but yeah. that ain't me. Miller's <laughs> <laughs> letting me go, saying, "Wow, this just yeah. got lighter." Oh man, Connor I love that answer. That. Yeah, I'll go great. with you, brother. He's gonna have a big head all day. Yeah. I know. I'm just <laughs> feeling myself right now. <laughs> and his biceps. Yeah. His biceps. Yeah. yeah, he's literally feeling himself right now. Uh, yeah. Question number five. You already answered it, but it is the most important question. You can only have one. Let's start doing it that way. Ketchup or mustard on a hot dog. You're a Chicago guy. Don't let me down here. Uh, See, that's another joke in the office, right? Because I'm from Southern California, but my dad's from Chicago. So so you're a Chicago guy. My my mom's family's from Hawaii, so I'm a weird person. Uh, If I had to pick one, ketchup or mustard, ketchup or mustard. We've established all the weirdness. Don't worry. 
Guys, I think I'm going catch up here. If I got to pick yeah, one, just, I'm on a losing I, streak. If I have winning. to pick one, I'm gonna go catch up. Yeah. All right. Oh man. Okay. But again, I don't hate mustard. I don't hate mustard. Yo, we yeah, who is it? We bad. talked to last week. Marcus May is he the one that said he never tasted mustard? Or no, that was no, Alvin no, no, no. Kamara said he Kamara. never tasted yeah, mustard. Yeah, he never tasted it. Yeah. yeah. And I, was great, like, what? I, I enjoyed that interview. Kamara came away from from that being like, all right. Yeah, I, I, I like I can, him. I can roll with Alvin yeah, Kamara. Yeah. He's a good dude. Not to mention he's just killing life right now. Yes, he is. He's so so good. All right, you have any Pac-12 sleepers for our draft oh, fans? Oh boy, sleepers. Your Deep boy, sleepies. No. Well, yeah. Listen, I'm I am I'm driving the bus for the wrecking null here. I, I if I see a Toby Gerhardt comp in the draft <laughs> evaluation process, I will. I you know I hate traveling here in New York. I will commute to wherever that person is and murder them because he is not Toby Gerhardt. He's gonna get he's gonna, you know he's gonna get Gerhardt and he's gonna get Jusic or Juszczyk, oh, Juszczyk a lot. Yeah, uh, I guarantee. But I love Ryan Null. I mean, Connor, I've, I've Brought you over to the, to the mean, dam. Like for two years now. <laughs> yeah. Who was the running back that was on Madden, the cover of Madden for the Browns? Oh my God. Peyton Hillis. Peyton I see Peyton Hillis. They're <laughs> just Damn fucking you, with Connor. No, uh, I, I love uh, Ryan Nall. This is a guy who I think could have been an excellent player as a linebacker. Uh, true. He's a big Swiss dude. Army knife. Uh, versatile. He's, I, yeah, I think he's a better playmaker and more athletic than people. Oh, God. He's white. Yeah. He's more sneaky. More athletic than I give him credit he's for. He's sneaky. What? White boy supreme. <laughs> yeah, that's a guy uh, that brings us awesome. hard hat and lunch. Uh, let's every day. see. Well, you guys give me a school, and I'll give you some favorites. How about that? Washington. You dub. All right, so let's go beyond Not the obvious of Vita. You know, Greg Gaines, who looks like—I mean, his face barely fits <laughs> yeah. into his face mask, and it's awesome. Connor, what did you text me? This I, I texted we you during U-Dub. the Washington game and said, "Greg Gaines looks like a guy that wears overalls in his spare time." <laughs> <laughs> Greg Gaines definitely used soup cans for as curls. a kid for curls. Uh, I think he—I think he's a good rope. I, I'm a huge. A lot of the guys that I like aren't draft eligible yet because you guys know Felder and I, we do a lot yeah. of recruiting stuff. So we kind of feel like once they graduate into that draft territory, we like kind of see our off. kids off to college. Yeah, they so get a spotlight under yeah, the Yeah, we hand them off yep. to, to, to you guys. So I do like Taylor Rapp a lot. Uh, I feel like he's filling that Buddha role. He's making a lot of similar plays that we saw Buddha make. I, I don't know if he has the ball skills. He's displayed the ball skills as much as Buddha. Did, but that's an opportunity yeah. thing. Big Taylor Rat fan. Um, Con- I'm with Connor, Keyshawn B. Area. Uh, I've, I hate what happened to Azeem Victor. It's been all downhill since the injury. Yeah, it really has been. He's um, falling apart. Yeah. Let's see. Who else uh, at, at Washington? Uh, Gaskin. I wonder, Miller, what do you hear about Miles Gaskin? Because he's super dynamic. I also like Levon Coleman, by the way. But yeah. Gaskin is the one who kind of headlines their, their playmaking uh, slots so in the backfield. Yeah, I actually have them kind of similarly ranked. I, and mm. Gaskin, he's totally just, different he's builds. Totally different. Yeah, builds, I mean, yeah. He's, he's a little undersized, but he's dynamic. I think he's probably like a mid round pick as a you know third down back, maybe yeah. a returner, things like that. But I mean, God, you look at that that on the other side of that death row defense that you dub uh, once again. They're just gonna yep. they're loaded every single level. You know, they have Murphy, young talent. That's yeah, the thing with them. They've they've had injuries in the secondary for sure, but once those guys get healthy, they're going to be next level players. I think uh, Trey Adams left tackle. He's out out yeah. for the year with a knee. And he's injury, coming back. He said so. He'll be back next year. Those tackles in the state of Washington. I mean, him Adams at Washington and Cody O'Connell at, at yeah, they're massive. Adams is six yep. eight and O'Connell is like six nine three seventy. 
Not that that's the be all end all. I remember everybody wanted Zach Banner to be a, yeah, a, a thing, but yeah, but they're a little more fit than him. I'll say that. Yes, yeah. no, I, yeah, I say no a little doubt. bit, a lot of more fit. <laughs> um, uh, my favorites, Connor knows. You guys both know because I bother you with Pac-12 stuff all the time. Huge on on Justin. Uh, I've I'm apparently one of the few who hasn't, who hasn't forgotten about Royce Freeman. I, yeah. it's a it's a it's a special class though, so I get why he's he kind of uh, drifted into uh, obscurity a little bit. Um, Hercules Mataafa. I don't know where you play him at the next level, I, uh, but he's tearing listen, it up right now. He's I, productive. He's, he's, like yeah. I said, I just enjoy these guys watching these guys. I leave it up to you to decide what day yeah. they get drafted. No, Mataafa's playing like a stud. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, Uchenna. Uchenna's another one of my guys. Nuosu at, uh, at USC. I butcher his name every week. Yeah, I, I don't even know if I it's I'm I'm we guessing YouTube did. Nuosu. Yeah, you're saying it right. Okay, yeah. so yeah, Buduchena's here's the uh, Uchenna's an interesting guy to to keep an eye because right now he's he's had to step in and film for Port Augustine right on the edge. Right. Talking to Cam Smith during the summer, I've I've told uh, Connor this story before. I was picking his brain about the linebacking core because everybody seemed to be excited about Smith and Porter specifically, and Cam. I was going to ask him about Uchenna, but unprompted, he said, Uchenna is a monster, a monster. This guy is a special, special athlete. And I, I, this is Cam Smith talking, and I think he's going to get looks as a middle linebacker at the next level. I've had scouts it. tell me that, yeah, that he's more of a stack linebacker. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, and, that's, and that's the criticism you hear of Uchenna when you watch him. It's like, oh, you'd like to see him finish more with the sacks, spin around the... I, I don't know if that's going to... That's not his game yeah. at the next level. I won't evaluate him as an edge player. And he's doing a hell of a job. He is, yeah. W- he, whether it's batting passes down, he's getting pressures. Always making but plays. he's an off-ball linebacker, and he could be a very good one yeah. at the yeah. next level. And he's that's where he's going to move to. Yeah. It's before the year, I, I, I actually thought Sam was the third or fourth best player on this team, which was, it was a hot take at the time behind Cam uh, and Ronald Jones. Uh, specifically, uh, but yeah, USC is always loaded. The, the secondary has not played like everybody no, wanted Marshall's it to. With, like, Biggie's been yeah. banged up. Jack Jones Jack is Jones. just small, and he's he's, a, he's got a ways to go. But Ajayne yeah. Harris is has been uh, a guy who's come on. A fun story about Ajayne, uh, and I, I you guys tell me when to shut up because I can talk about Pac-12 guys all year. But Ajayne Harris, uh, I think back to 2016 Elite Eleven Finals. We're in. Redondo Beach. Juju Smith-Schuster is the headliner because all these Trojans come out to help these high school quarterback prospects. It's Elite 11. They have 24 of the top quarterback prospects in the country. Try to whittle it down to 12. But they need guys to throw to. So USC came out with a bunch of local high school guys, and Juju was the biggest name, and they stayed for hours. Hours. It got colder, and as you know, I won't name them, but as other teammates dropped out, you know, got cold, went home. Juju, the one who was going into the season as one of the two or three best receivers in college football, he stayed. The other guy who stayed the whole time was a Jane A. Harris. Damn. So that should, to me showed um, that fortitude, that work ethic that you you're like, I don't have to ever worry about this guy getting his shit done. Um, so Jane A. Harris, I don't, I have no idea where he's going to be ranked when he comes out. But all I know is that he's playing well this year, and I like what he's made of. Nice, that's a good story. Um, Those are the things that we like. Yeah, to I hear. love stories like that. On Let's the show. see. I, I don't know what else I got for you. Uh, you you guys gave us to, a ton. That's good. Yeah. Uh, who? Are, let, let me ask. Let me turn the tables on you here. Oh. Your favorite non-quarterback Pac-12 prospect. Ooh, that's tough. I mean, mine would be Ronald Jones. Yeah. I have a first round grade on him. 
and I might be alone there. Bang. But I yeah, he's if you're alone, special. then it's a good lonely place. To he's be. probably ranked the highest for me. I don't know. I mean, Nelson got me on the Mata Afa hype train in like August. Oh, I, I thought another one. Shit. And I was like, damn, this you dude do is like explosive. Him a lot. I was so I put him in. This is a good, you know, buzzworthy story. I put him to Green Bay, I believe it was, at 20th, ninth, right? 20th in my mock draft. The only right. mock draft I've written this and year. And I was like, Connor, he put, he gave uh, Mata Afa to Green Bay and then another Pac-12 oh. guy to, oh no, it, may, it might have been Geist to the Vikings or something yeah. like no, that. No, Geist to the Lions. Geist That's to the, the Lions. Hot one. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, Connor, did I do something yeah, to it was, today? Yeah, it was pretty freaked just, up. I'm a Bears fan. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what, 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 what happened? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was told immediately you know, by a couple different NFL people that I'm way too high on Mata Afa. And maybe it is mm. for the re- I wasn't told why, but it was maybe for the reasons that Miller said they don't know where to play yeah, him he's at. he's playing D-tackle, but he's built like a D. I, I think he's going to test really well, and I don't know if he'll find his way into the first, but I put him there because I think he belongs in the you know, back end of that first-round range. He's so impressive. Other Pac-12 guy that we both like, Isaiah Oliver, Colorado. Oh, I mean... Long corner, corner yeah, Colorado corner. Do you like him more than you did Shadobe yeah. or Akello? You do. I do, actually. I'm not yeah. sure that I do. I'm not sure yet in general. I think, I mean, he's going to run a lot better than Akello did, mm. and he's he's bigger, more fluid right. than Shadobe was. Uh, again, you know, and if I'm being if I'm being honest with myself, you guys remember when we used to do the draft show on Facebook Live, RIP, that when we did our draft crush episode, Akello was one of our quarterbacks. Yeah. So, like, yeah, yeah of course, I'm well going to see things a little bit through a, a rosier lens. You know what? Before I forget, there's a guy that I'm going to want you guys to watch more, and you tell me if if I am seeing an oasis here. Arizona State, JoJo Wicker on the edge. JoJo Wicker, he's... Great name. Uh, yes, he's from Long Beach Poly. A powerhouse in I Southern mean, California. It's a good place to be from. If you're a um, but yeah, you're not used to talking about. Well, I, mean, I don't want to disrespect the uh, no, Sun not. Devil Nation, but yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean. It's just that's just that's not his bread and butter. An edge guy from Arizona State. We'll have to check was, him they out. had Will Sutton a couple years ago, right? On the but he was interior. interior yeah. Um, I know Kron Crump was probably that name that people had bookmarked for the Arizona State defense this year. He hasn't been healthy, but JoJo Wicker is a guy. Just watch him more. I'm not asking for a thought on him now. Dude, and you tell have, me, I don't have any yet. but he's like six three, two seventy five. Nice. Um, there's a play against Colorado where he just locked in with a long arm and then tossed a dude, and I was like, I "That's my guy." That's one of those moments you're like, "That's my guy." Let's see, one other hot. T- I like Demara Richard more than Kalen Balaj at Arizona State. Speaking of the Ooh. Sun Devils, yeah, I just think if Demario's healthy, he's a better football player, um, but. Balage is big, so I... I'm going to have to listen back to this and, like, take notes. No. <laughs> I Listen, like I said, I watch guys in, in, in high school and college, and I, I don't know... You guys have forgotten more football than I will ever know. Uh, so I leave it up to you to decide what they're going to be like as pros, and the listeners can tell me if I'm an idiot as well. But I just like... Oh, they're generally nice. Yeah. I'm, I, it's shocking. The that, stickies. Like, the stickies are, like, a really I nice bunch. Even when they... Don't like Do you something. Listen to your own podcast, they, bro. Dude, it's sticky. As, as our boy, <laughs> our boy Jake said, it's sticky season, man. It is. <laughs> it really Sticker is. Season. It's almost December. It's yeah, almost it time. So people can follow you at Stephen underscore Nelson. Double, Double underscore. underscore. Yeah, okay, this Excuse is me. No, it's okay, Miller. It, I I don't want to have two underscores. I don't. But the guy who has zero underscores I, has probably been spreading viruses on Twitter for the last several years. And the guy who has one underscore, 
looks like he would murder me. Um, yeah, we tried. And to- also hasn't tweeted in multiple years. So now I just sort of embrace the two underscores. It's a part of me. It's your brand. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a double part of my under, Double underscore Nelson, a, same shirt guy, warm milk. I can only, you know what? All the mean tweets that you guys were wondering about, I bet you they've gone to the guy the with one guys. underscore. And he hasn't seen them because he hasn't been on Twitter since 2012. People probably think you're this weird looking uh, fucking guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That guy it, works for Bleacher Report? Uh, he's just as relevant now. Um, <laughs> that's a so uh, that self-deprecation. <laughs> yeah. Nelly, it was awesome having you join yeah. us. I, I, once again, I apologize to you guys for wasting your valuable uh, airtime. I apologize to the listeners for being a basic bitch wet blanket. <laughs> Um, you that I, alliteration just that's why you're loves bro. golf loves brunch <laughs> yeah. yeah mimosas <laughs> I, I you guys Argentinian are probably thinking he probably wine. wears a smoking jacket yes. when he's, no I don't because you don't smoke I guess I don't smoke <laughs> exactly uh, right. but fellas I love you I appreciate you uh, course, again Thanks, uh, slumming it with me here on the podcast you pretty this group up so <laughs> yeah, he really it. he really does uh, we're gonna take a break yeah and it. then we're gonna have Marcus May on so it's gonna be a lot of fun stick around with us we'll be right back after this All right, everybody, welcome back to episode 33 of Stick to Football, and we have a great guest for you today, New York Jet Safety Marcus May. Before we get to Marcus, I just want to say, if you want to get all these podcasts right when they come out and you want to know who our guests are, you can subscribe in iTunes or any of your podcast uh, software, subscribe on iTunes, help us out with the review. Those kind of things really help us out with the bosses, so definitely do that if you haven't already. Uh, let's jump right into it, Marcus. Thank you, man, for stopping by, and uh, we're excited to talk to you. <laughs> no problem. It's a pleasure to have you. Yeah, it's great to have Marcus on. Obviously, I grew up a New York Jets fan and was a big fan of not just Marcus, but the Florida secondary. So, Marcus, you grew up in Florida. You went to college in Florida, and now you're in the Big Apple. So what's that change been like for you? Uh, it's been great. I mean, you go from uh, beaches all your life to to a bunch of skyscrapers. So uh, it's been great. I mean, I've been enjoying New York City. I mean, you know, it's been enjoying the season and everything, so it's been going well. Have you gotten lost yet here? Uh, all the time. <laughs> yeah, I still got to use my GPS for everywhere I go. <laughs> That's the way to do it. I feel, man. I'd use my GPS a couple weeks ago to, like, literally walk around the corner to get a salad because yeah, I had no idea crazy. where I was. So, <laughs> um, so Connor mentioned it. You, you know, went to Florida, grew up in Florida. But I want to talk about some of those Florida teams you played on because – the last two years that you were at Florida, it was like every time I would turn on the film to scout, it was like every starter on Florida's defense was somebody you would have to write a scouting report on. Y'all were just right. so good. So how does that talent compare to what you have on this like young, energetic Jets defense versus what you had with like, you know, Keanu Neal and Vernon Hargraves and Jalen Tabor and, and Quincy Wilson and what you guys had in the front seven even was ridiculous. How does that talent compare? Uh, I mean, it's great. I mean, to to be a part of a defense uh, throughout my entire career at Florida and to to come in right away to join a defense like we have here at the Jets, I mean, it's great. I mean, the, the guys that we had at Florida, um, you know, starting with our front seven, um, you know, you got Fowler, you got Cox, you got Bullard. Um, you know, you got CC Jefferson, you know, you got a lot of guys that had unbelievable talent. And then, you know, you come into an NFL team that has a has a stout defensive line as well. So, I mean, it, it makes your job a lot easier and it's just enjoyable uh, being on a team like that and playing with a bunch of great guys. Now, you're a bit of a rarity. You're a rookie safety that started from day one. 
And, you know, that's obviously not easy to do. Not many guys do it. You play alongside Jamal, who's doing the same thing. How easy has the, or hard, has the transition been to the NFL for you? Um, you know, it's been difficult at moments. Um, but, you know, it's been a great, uh, it's a learning lesson. Uh, you know, coming from, you know, college and going through the draft process and the training and the combine and, you know, having to get right into learning a whole new playbook, um, you know, going into mini camp and OTAs and stuff like that, it's, it, it's pretty difficult because it's uh it's on a larger scale um you know it's a uh, there's more i guess there's more at stake now that it's a uh, it's a bigger stage so uh everything's uh, you know a little bit tougher um so and then you know coming to new york city doesn't make it any easier uh so you know it, it's been great though so i've been enjoying it so we've seen that you're enjoying it because we see you guys dancing like during every timeout <laughs> and y'all kind of went viral a couple weeks ago so for those of us who don't get to hang out in the locker room with you guys, uh-huh. what is the culture like between like you and Jamal seem to have really changed this team? And I know like Demario Davis and Coney Ely have had a, a big impact as well. Right. But what's the culture like in that defensive side of the locker room, at least? Uh, it's great. I mean, we all enjoy each other. I mean, we love coming to work each day. Uh, you know, we are we enjoy each other's company on the field and off the field. Um, so, you know, it makes it a lot easier to, to, to come to work every day. It makes it more and more fun out when you're out there on the field, uh, you know, jumping around, dancing with each other because, you know, it's, it's, you know, you just build that camaraderie, you build that character, you build that chemistry as a team. And, you know, it just helps, you know, translate onto the field. So, uh, another thing that, like we, you know, you and Jamal were kind of drafted when you were drafted, actually, a lot of people were like, what? They take two safeties back to back. Now you're both in the running for like defensive rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. So how competitive are you and Jamal? Or have you guys just like taken this amongst yourselves to kind of be the the new leaders of this young defense? Uh, I mean that's just us, you know, being ourselves. I mean we're just two competitors that that loves the game of football. I mean you know every time we step out on the field, you know we just give it our all. You know we enjoy being out there. Uh, but, you know, I mean, we just, you know, with them drafting both of us, I mean, we knew the situation that, you know, they were in before. Um, but, you know, we knew what we had to do coming in. You know, we just wanted to come in and, you know, be those guys that our team looks to to make plays uh, right away. I mean, we knew we were going to have an opportunity. Uh, and we just tried to make advantage, take advantage of it when it came. And, you know, that's what we've been doing, and we've just been enjoying it. Now, your head coach, he played safety in the NFL, and I'm, sh- I'm sure that makes it a little harder, or at least he's a little harder on your group specifically because he's had success. He's been at the top of the NFL before. What have you learned from Todd Bowles so far this year, specifically from him, Casey? Um, I mean, I learned a lot. I mean, as soon as uh, we stepped a foot in the building, I mean, we've been learning and he's been teaching. Uh, you know, we've been trying to take everything again that we can uh, you know, it's just been, you know, a, a process of, you know, learning the game of football from, uh, you know, learning how to study the film, learning how to read, you know, the playbook and read what the offense is trying to do and and learn different way, ways to, to you know, get your team lined up and stuff like that. So having a plan for Coach Bowles and him playing that position uh, makes it a little bit tougher. But, and, you know, you want that from a coach. Uh, you know, you wouldn't want it any other way. And, you know, I enjoy it. So being a defensive back, I know there's that one quarterback that you're just like itching to pick off. <laughs> yeah. Is it is it Tom Brady since he's like your division rival or do you have somebody else? Uh no, nah, of course it's Tom Brady. I mean, you know, but any quarterback, you know, I'm trying to play against, uh I'm trying to get an interception off of uh you know, I'm trying to 
you know, get, you know, as many as I can from anybody. So whoever's trying to get them, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to get them. We're going to get a chance when you go back up to New England in a couple of weeks. But have you had your welcome to the NFL moment yet? Uh, or what about a welcome to New York City moment yet, too? That could always be tough. Yeah, I mean, the 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 preseason game when we played the Giants was, you know, pretty cool. You know, as far as, uh, you know, it's one of those big-time games in MetLife. Uh, you know, it's the Battle of New York, I guess they call it. Uh, just going against, you know, the Giants and stuff like that was pretty cool. So I guess that was probably my, you know, moment right there where it was like, okay, now it's, you know, time. It's for real. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So, Marcus, one thing we do with all of our guests, man, we run them through. We call it the gauntlet. It's uh-huh. five questions, and it's it's super laid back, but it's like the first thing that comes to your mind, all right? So all you ready? Right. Yeah. All right. So if if you are a, a beer drinker or a cocktail drinker, what's your go-to? If I'm drinking a beer, it would be a, a Bud Light or Budweiser or something like that. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> all right. There's nothing wrong with that. No, yeah, it's, it's not, that's an answer very often. Number two this one goes w- both ways. People either have one right at the top of their head or they got nothing. What's the meanest tweet someone has ever sent to you? Uh, the meanest tweet? So somebody told me I need to stop playing football. <laughs> <laughs> well, they should start watching some more football then. Damn. So what's the one game that none of your friends can beat you at, whether it's like Madden or FIFA or uh, you know, Alvin Kamara told us that it's ping pong for him. What's that one sport or game that you can dominate people at? Uh... I'm pretty dominant at 2K, I would say. We got to get a 2K tournament, Connor, because that's what everybody says. Tony Jefferson says that. Tony Jefferson claims he's the best 2K player of all time in the world. That's pretty tough. And Tony said he would he would do a tournament. So I think we're just gonna have to set that up in the off season for that. Yeah, we can do that. We can all come in here. That'd be awesome. Number four, if you're stranded on deserta island and you can't say a family member, who's your dream person to be stranded with? My dream person to be stranded with? Yeah, so you, with? some people pick, like, someone they know they'd survive with, or they pick their dream girl because they know it's over, and they got, like, two days left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I would take the dream girl because I know I'm not lasting very long on the on the island, but it goes a couple different ways. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Somebody. <laughs> uh, would you take Jamal? I get enough of Jamal in the That's locker a good, room. Yeah, he never stops talking probably either. So he's like, nah, I'm good. I'm I not going to talk to like him that. every day. <laughs> that's awesome. I think I'd pick Leonard Williams just to protect my ass. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> All right. Uh, the last question, and this one gets heated because we got a big rivalry between Connor and myself. All right. If you're eating a hot dog, you put ketchup on it or mustard? Ketchup. Oh, of course. That's man. my man. That's right. I'm starting to think it's a generational thing because I'm a little older than you guys. Maybe but you can't like, you can't go wrong with mustard though. Uh, okay, thank you. You can't go wrong with mustard, man. I just think I'm, put, I'm is, putting ketchup. Yeah. I'm putting ketchup on it first. Though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was one more question that I thought of that we that okay. we should have asked all these rookies and we haven't. But before the draft, uh-huh. how much did you pay attention to like the rankings and everything, or did you just try to block it out? Uh, I mean, you pay attention to it just because you're going through it. I mean, you know, you've been a competitor, so I mean, you're just watching all your other guys that's out there. But it's all like we all know each other. We all go through the process with each other. So, you know, you could be ranked here and there, but at the end of the day, we're all like, you know, we're all cool with each other. But I mean, you pay attention through the process and stuff like that. So, 
uh, I mean, I paid attention to it. Yeah. Well, one question I actually was wondering that I wanted to ask you was your preparation was a little different because you were coming back mm-hmm. from the broken arm. Yeah. And, you know, you didn't get to do the combine, had a really good pro day that was a bounce back. Mm-hmm. What was it like, those peaks and valleys? Like, is it frustrating where you're like, I can't go to the combine and run or and I got to wait? Or do you just kind of lay back and say, I'm going to I'm gonna show everyone? Uh, yeah, it was tough. I mean, you know, going because I, I was thinking about coming out, you know, my redshirt junior year and then yep. going back uh, and then ha- having an injury to, to end my season short. You know, it was tough. It was frustrating because you're just like, you know, I could have left and stuff like that. But it was tough. You know, I got to I got to sit back and I guess get a head start on the process a little early while everybody was still playing, I guess. Um, and then just having to rehab my arm and having to wait for so long, just sit around and stuff like that. It, was, it got frustrating, but, you know, I always knew that there was a there was an end point to it. Um, so I just, you know, stayed with it and went through the training and the rehab and all that kind of stuff and sat out the combine and did pro day and now I'm here. Well, you also had one of the coolest experiences ever too where your draft day call wasn't yeah. that far from you walking to graduate, right? Nope. Yep, a couple that, hours. Yeah, that's <laughs> got to be one of the craziest days of anyone's life. Yeah, it was so, pretty cool. That's awesome. Marcus, thanks so much for joining us. It yeah, was awesome it. having you here. Got to have you back. So thanks again. Yeah, thanks, Marcus. Appreciate it, bud. Yes, sir. No problem. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. And thanks again to Marcus May for coming in studio, uh, hanging out with Connor and, and talking to me from, from like 1,800 miles away. Before we get to Kennedy and your draft on draft questions, I'm going to take a second to tell you guys that there's a new way that you can listen to the podcast. If you have the Bleach Report app, which you should have because it's free, you can actually go in there and subscribe to the Stick to Football stream and that way you'll get alerts every time we publish a new podcast. So it, this is great if you're like not an Apple user or not an iTunes person because you can listen to the podcast and you can actually subscribe and get the notifications and everything. So that's my Bleach Report ad for the week. It's pretty awesome, honestly, because like I've always had like the Jets on there, Knicks, Rangers, whatever, but now we have an actual stick-to-football stream. Yeah, it's great. And I still seven years in nerd out when I get an alert on my phone that has my name on it. You know, so it's like, oh my god, dude, it's awesome. Like screenshot, show my mom. And yeah, like, <laughs> how do you think I, I, I feel? It. I made it. <laughs> All right, let's bring our favorite volleyball player in. And uh, Connor, we heard a rumor about Kennedy. Well, we heard her. Not it's not a rumor anymore that she's one of, if not the best volleyball player in college right now. That's. But the other rumor is that you are going to the Senior Bowl. Is that is there any truth to this rumor? I am going to confirm those rumors. That's wow. You heard it here first. Senior Bowl. This is a warning to everyone here. at Beats. Relax. Leave her alone. <laughs> yeah, she's probably taller than all the draft guys who we have to deal yeah, with down there. They're all five five. So I at least like her reach if it comes to a fight. <laughs> That's a and good she's point. probably in better shape than all of us, but you. That's so. <laughs> definite. Uh yeah, Kennedy's definitely more in shape than me. <laughs> Kennedy, what it, don't true. be fooled. It's all show muscle. Uh, you're more endurance. <laughs> What uh what do you got for us today from our our loyal sticky listeners? Gavin Buck asked, which are the best centers to keep an eye on right now? 
You know, I actually like the center class. I like Billy Price at Ohio State quite a bit. Uh, Frank Ragno at gonna Arkansas. Say, the best one's one. not playing this year right now because he's been hurt, and that's Frank Ragno. Yeah, Frank so. Ragno. Uh, I like Mason Colt Michigan. I know he's played left tackle. I actually think he's a center moving forward. But I have this very topical question because I just put a big board out on Monday morning so you can actually check that out and see who all the top centers are. Yeah, and also one thing to add to that, it'll be interesting to see if Quentin Nelson plays a little center wherever Ooh, he yeah. goes. I, I mean, he's a phenomenal guard, but it, say a team just wants to take the best player available and they have two starting guards, but they need a center. It'd be interesting to see if he can make that move there temporarily. Yeah, so, and there are other guys like Michael Dieter at Wisconsin who could play center, Martinez Rankin at Mississippi State could play center. So there are guys who are playing other spots right now that could get kicked inside when it's time to actually evaluate them. Coach Middle Screen asked, what are potentially deep position groups the Texans could target if they're looking for a year one starter despite having zero first round picks? Yeah, that sucks. And they don't they probably won't pick till late two because the the trade with Seattle. I, I think that the the deep positions aren't really needs for the Texans. Like running back That's is what gonna I was be thinking. deep. Yeah. Corner is gonna be deep and they could have a small need there. Safety is gonna be deep, but as far as a day one starter, if you're picking, let's say they're picking 56th or 7th, it's hard. It's hard to find a day one starter there in a draft that I don't think is incredibly deep or talented. So, you know, I'm just looking at my big board right now. Guys in that range would be like Trevon Young, the pass rusher from Louisville, uh, Jalen Holmes, pass rusher from Ohio State, uh, Martinez Rankin, the tackle from Mississippi State. That might actually be a need for them. To get a left tackle. I was thinking after, and I always go back to him because he just seems like the perfect round two potential day one starter, Desmond Harrison, the tackle out of West Georgia. Yeah, man, if his off-field is... That's the biggest question. You look at a 6'7", player with super length athleticism, he can start from day one, and he could be available right there in round two, late round two for them, but a lot of questions to answer. Yeah. So, Adam asked, what has impressed you the most on this year's Wisconsin team? Uh, that freshman running back, Jonathan Taylor. And I i mean, not to take anything away from the offensive line, but he has been eye-openingly good. I was just going to say, it has no, it's really not even a draft-eligible yeah. player. It's him. because, And that's what they do so well. It right. seems like time after time again, obviously we can go back to Melvin Gordon and look at those rushing Ronnie attacks. Ball, guys behind Yeah, them. but what he's doing in his own right is yeah. super And I, I do like TJ Edwards. I think he's played really well. Just mentioned Michael Dieter, who's playing left tackle. Uh, I think is probably an interior guy at the next level. So um, a lot of play. I mean, a lot of people. And I, I know everyone likes their their tight end. Uh, I can't even oh, Bumagali. We talked about him yeah. a ton over summer. But, yeah, I, I mean, I'm down on him a kind little just bit. Just a guy. Yeah. yeah. I think, so, yeah, but I'm coaching everything. They've been really good. Coach Corey asked, this running back class sneakily has an immense amount of production. Will we look back 10 years from now with three or more stars coming from this class? Ooh, three or more is tough. Stars, okay, not starters. Stars, man, to be a long-term star at the running back position, listen, Barkley and Geis can definitely be stars. Ronald Jones, I love. I just wonder about, like, he doesn't seem like a guy you would make a workhorse back at the next level. With Damian that frame. Harris at Alabama. Harris, kind of Harris might be able to be an above-average yeah. starter. And then you have like the, that next tier of like Bryce Love and Rashad Penny and Nick Chubb Royce and Sonny Michelle, Josh Adams, Notre yeah. Dame. Yeah. I would probably say three or above. Yeah. Star is a yeah. lot to ask. Like 1,000-yard rushers, yeah. I think you'd get five starters. Yeah, probably so. so. Yeah, it's a good class. 
Stars is tough because I think of stars that like Le'Veon Bell and Zeke and David yeah. Johnson. Yeah, those are the three to Fournette. me. I think it stops her. And now Fournette. That's yeah. very fair. And Alvin Kamara. Paul, <laughs> Paul on Twitter asked, if you were to fix the Bears, who would you fix in their coaching staff? Well, I have good news for Paul. Mello and I are actually going to fix the Bears on Friday's show. So Ooh. perfect. You get the whole thing, Paul. You, you don't even just thing. get the coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, head coach. How to fix the Free offense, fix the defense, <laughs> beer selections for when you're in Chicago, the whole deal. So Friday show, which we're actually recording on Tuesday because of the holiday, um, just to give you guys a peek behind the curtain. Mason Williver asked the biggest question of this week, is John Gruden going to Tennessee? I don't know. I say no. I can't see it, <sighs> but there's so much smoke. I I believe the buzz going around that the only place Gruden wants to go if he leaves ESPN is back to the Bucks. I can see that. The local reason. Go work with, with yeah. Jameis. Man, it's, yeah. I don't know why people think about Gruden as a college coach. He was never a college coach. I, my answer is, is no. I think he's just trying to get raised. I love hashtag groomers. Groomers, I know. <laughs> That's really yeah. fucking yeah, good. Hashtag groomers is everywhere. Oh, man. <laughs> Joey Halenka asked, which offensive scheme will Lamar Jackson best fit in the NFL? I don't think there is one that is going to be a best fit. I think it's kind of like a Deshaun Watson or even like what Carson Wentz had last year, what we're seeing with Jared Goff this year. I think you need a scheme that you build around him because he he's not an accurate deep ball thrower. So it's not like you can't just be like, okay, well, he's going to fit in Bruce Arians' scheme. And he's a, he's a mobile quarterback, but he's a little under not a little he's undersized. So you worry about exposing him to those hits. So even like, I don't think just a straight like RPO offense is going to work for him because I don't want him to get hit that often. So I could see like Kyle Shanahan's offense I think would have been pretty good for him. But one thing I haven't seen a lot with Lamar Jackson is and this isn't I'm not saying he can't do it. I just don't he just isn't asked to I guess getting to that second and third progression because it's a lot of times one read run. So, you know, if the Chiefs didn't have Pat Mahomes, I would say that would be a good fit because I think he and Alex Smith can do a lot of the same things. But of of the teams that have a need at quarterback, I don't think there's one out there where you would say, like, okay, yeah, I mean, he's going to be a great fit for the Jets or he's going to be a great fit for the Browns or the Jaguars. It's also hard to answer that because, like, we don't really know if those staffs will be back. Like, I actually can see him fitting in John Morton's West Coast. I think Jackson has a really nice flick of the ri- wrist that, kind of that release. Motion's just, yeah. yeah, and I think he does throw a touch in the short to intermediate range. So I think he could fit with Morton. But at the same time, Matt, you made a good point that, like, let's not just pigeonhole him into one thing. I, I think yeah. he could do a lot of different things for you. Uh, it, it's interesting with Jackson because you would like to tailor his skill set. Like, what makes Jackson so electric is his ability to challenge a defense with his legs. Yeah, and you don't want to take that away, but you also don't want to. It reminds me of RG three, where you don't want to take it away, but you don't want to kill the kid. Exactly. I mean, you don't want by year three he's just bat- battered, yeah. and you'd like to develop into a develop into more where. And he has the arm to be a good passer, so you would like to see more of that. Yeah, because year one, it's just going to be let's just. If he has to play, let's build a scheme to get him on the field. Year two is, okay, let's take the next step. And then by year three, you're hopeful that he's, you know, like Carson Wentz is ahead of the curve right now with all that. I'm still saying Miami for Lamar Jackson. If Adam Gase is there? Yep. If Adam Gase is there. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Last question of the day from Rich Pano on Twitter. If you could pick the when and where for the draft, what would you pick? I'm selfish. Uh, Bring it back to New York. Really? 
it's yeah. to me. I know I'm biased because I'm from New York and I'm here, and it would make things easier. It's not all about that to me. To me, it's a tradition thing. Like I grew up. So a little backstory on a part of the reason I loved the draft so much as a little kid. My dad was on the FDNY, and in his firehouse as a side job, they used to run the security for draft week with the players. So, like, there's tradition and value there to me for being in New York, where my dad and his firehouse would help out with security and, you know, like, for instance, be with guys like Vernon Davis and Calvin Johnson for all the events they do for that week. And so it's special to me being in New York, and I don't mind the timing of it at all because— We get to enjoy the summer a little bit. It's a little yeah, more relaxing I love after. The, I love the timing. I had said for years it should be in Dallas, so I'm excited to see how they do that. I mean, the lo- it's a centralized location. The weather's going to be beautiful, and Dallas is one of my favorite cities. Now, if I'm also like, it sucks because we don't go to the draft. We do everything out of our studio in New York, so yep. it doesn't even benefit me. It doesn't matter where it, it is. It doesn't really matter anymore because we're going to be in New York no matter what. Yeah, and the draft is a... It's, I've gone to the actual draft to cover it before. It's the most boring shit in the world. The draft is made for TV. Like, you do need, like, the crazy fans there, but you need those for the TV shots. And we have a ton of fun during it at Bleacher Report. Yeah. Like, it's fast-paced. We're doing all the videos, the Facebook Lives. It's three days of craziness. It's madness, and it's a fun week, too. So, But it, it's a great question because I'm sure everybody has a different opinion of where it should be and when it should be. The when isn't really a big thing for me i love the timing of it i used to always want to be in kansas city so i could go yeah and kansas city is a fun city to have yeah. it in it may actually is a good fit yeah so. canton would be cool yeah not the traditional value yeah that's yeah. a really good question i'm sure we'd get a million different answers from different people that can be a, another itunes thing if you guys want to leave where should the draft be yeah Let's where would you why. like the draft to be and you could be selfish like me and keep it right near somebody's you. gonna be like in my backyard yeah <laughs> sit on your back porch and watch it well, guys, that is it for this week's Draft on Draft. All right. Kennedy, happy Thanksgiving if we don't talk to you again before then. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, guys. happy Thanksgiving to everyone. It's It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, this is corny, but I am genuinely thankful for the support and the listeners that we get with this show. You guys have been awesome. The questions have been great. Uh, the support couldn't be better, honestly. Yeah, and our support from our our the team behind the scenes, like Nick running things in the studio here, Gabe taking pictures. Our producer, Dan, is amazing. Uh, back in Missouri, like Mello and Dan are great. And I, I'm thankful that BR gave us this podcast and kind of gave us like carte blanche to do whatever we want. Yeah. And because we've had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. I think people get to see us the, you know, not just the video side or right. not just the Twitter side. It's you a little bit of how often I curse. Yeah. I mean, we get to say fuck all the time. <laughs> yeah. So it's a ton yeah. of fun. You get to hear my Southern accent that I just learned I have. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's been a great time and it's, it's going to be a fun year. The best is yet to come. Yeah, because it is. like I always feel like after Thanksgiving really is when draft season starts because teams are out of it. This year was a little different because the Browns are 0-10. The Niners are like 1-8 or 1-9. Yeah, the Jets' Super Bowl odds were historic, 1-1,000. Yeah. to 1, So it's been draft season for some teams, but you know, hopefully if you're new to this podcast, you like what you hear. And just remember, two shows a week. So we've got this show that comes out on Wednesdays, and then we have the Friday morning show that comes out with myself and Mello. And the fastest way to get it is to subscribe. People always tweet yes. at me. They say, hey, I don't see the show yet. If you subscribe, it will download for you and get as soon as we upload it. It's there. Yeah. So definitely subscribe for us. And you can follow you can follow Stick to Football on Twitter, at Stick to Football on Instagram, at Stick to Football, and Facebook. on Facebook. Stick to Football Pod on Stick Facebook. Football pod. Facebook's a... It's the character limit. Yeah, it's a pain. But... Yeah. 
Right. You almost called Facebook a little bitch. No, I, I would never. <laughs> Facebook's a little. I, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, You're in my yeah. mind. All right. That was a great episode 33. Thanks for joining us. Listen to Matt and Mel on Friday. They will fix the bears. Talk about tons of good beer and all good stuff out over there in Missouri. And we will be back next week for episode 35. Four, not 35. 34. I'm getting ahead of myself. There we go. 34. Thanks, Tess.